You're listening to Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. On today's show, we'll be talking about some games played, followed by some upcoming games, and our top three relaxing games. Today is episode 36. We are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Christo. I have not watched Queen's Gambit. Have you watched this show? Actually, me neither. I usually don't listen to or kind of follow what people are watching at the time. I kind of have my own watch list, so to speak. And if someone's saying, oh my gosh, this new show just came out and there's all kinds of memes and stuff, I usually won't watch it until it's kind of very late <laughs> for it to be relevant i guess i do actually i have watched a few shows game of thrones was actually one while it's coming out and i do watch the mandalorian but those are kind of exceptions usually the popular stuff i watch later also movies it's kind of very similar which is a good thing because i have two words for you tiger king <laughs> you probably can avoid um, that altogether in my opinion yeah, no, that's the thing is I actually heard about that and uh, some of them sound kind of interesting, like Queen's Gambit maybe. Uh, the, the theme of Tiger King, I was just kind of like, uh, I really don't care about. Like, It sounded like uh, some kind of a, uh, I don't know what to call it, um, <laughs> to be politically correct. But uh, <laughs> it, it just sounded not very interesting yeah, <laughs> to watch I, at all. I fell into it because it was during right when the pandemic hit right so yeah. like in and, and i was like all right you know what i have time i'll check out what the new hotness is on 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 television and it's just bad people doing bad things and it made me have bad feelings so i stopped watching it <laughs> queen's gambit on the other hand is about chess so it's board game adjacent i mean it's a board game but in in the world of the hobby it's pretty old i would say um but still board gamers play chess my wife watched it and she loved it. And I saw bits and pieces of it. It looked really cool. looked really well done. I like the actress too. Uh, but what I found interesting is like the, I saw this, uh, this post that was saying like, here's the percentages of like um, Googling how to play chess, uh, the like purchases of, of chess sets and like yep. chess.com like everyone got super into chess funny enough yep. my wife was like everyone's saying that this show is making them want to play chess it makes me want to play chess even less because it shows <laughs> how obsessed you have to be to be good at it you know and i just found that interesting i i think a lot of people um you know they they watch these types of shows and they fantasize about being good at it but i don't think they fully understand how much you really got to study the game to be even okay at it yeah yeah uh yeah i, I think it's kind of weird with these trends and stuff and yeah i've heard that uh the google searches have exploded and chess.com signups are through the roof and all that stuff uh i also was seeing these kind of mashups with uh, other board games which i think is kind of funny and uh people are saying like well uh maybe it's time for mage night next <laughs> Just oh like, yeah <laughs> uh, a series about someone playing mage knight <laughs> i would probably watch that actually 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just kind of a joke, but yeah, it's uh, it's almost kind of like I wish someone would do that for actually general board games nowadays. Because yeah, I think there's a whole world out there. There is right, and if they explore it correctly, you know, not just like brush on the surface of it. But if they explore it correctly into um, a board gamer's life, an obsessive board gamer's life, right? That could be very fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, big studios, get at us. We, uh, <laughs> we know. We know what it's like to be obsessed. Um, all right, so we got some games that we've played recently. Now, before I get into what I played, I'm just going to... To make it less confusing for those that don't know this game series, there's a game series called Century. Right, and it came out in 2017, with the promise of two games after it each year. All right, so you got Century Spice Road, Century Eastern Wonders, and Century A New World. Then they came out with Century Golem Edition, which instead of like um, Spice World, I think yes, Spice World, which is a great movie. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, It's Golems and I actually gave my copy of Spice World away and bought the Golem edition. I just, I really like the art on it a lot. And uh, in Eastern Wonders uh, Golem edition, I actually played. So what is the game? It's really Century Spice Road, the board game. Um, You're doing the same thing. You're trying to get different cubes. The Golem edition is like uh, gems. Uh, to get points but you're moving around a little caravan around the board and that's how you're doing these pieces so you put a uh, a, like an outpost out if there's nobody there you could put the outpost out on the spot for free otherwise you have to pay a gem for each person there or in a two-player game you have to play pay two gems and now you have access to that action spot that action spot is just uh, conversions and that's the whole game is conversions. And in the corner of each, the, the corners each have a spot on them to dump particular resources, different combination of colors to get points. And that's pretty much all it is. If you, on your player mat, you have your outposts. And if you do a row, a whole row, then you get to get these little um, like extra action type things and if you clear out columns actually it's the opposite you clear out columns and you get those action things if you clear out rows then you get points after a while anyway um it's it was better than spice road in my opinion i i liked it okay it feels a bit abstracted which is fine for me i didn't play it mixed with Spice Road, because the whole thing about these three games is eventually if you have all three of them, you could play one game that includes all of them, almost like modular expansions. You could play them all by themselves or add in the different games. And really, all if you add in Spice Road, it is just as a turn, instead of moving and doing the board actions, you can just do a Spice Road action, play a card, convert stuff. So interesting enough, I think it's better. I think I'll never play Spice Road by itself. I'll only play it with the uh, Eastern Wonders. Um, The Golem Edition for A New World just came out in the States. So, 
or a reprint just came out. I just saw it in stores recently. So I'll be getting that and talking about that next and the combination of the three. So that's uh, Century Golem Edition Eastern Wonders. Uh, I didn't realize actually they started making the other games with the Golem Edition. I thought they were going to unfortunately drop the Golem Edition after Spice Road. Uh, sorry, not Spice World previously. Road, but, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I guess they... Do you know if they're going to make the third one as well? Yes, that's what world? I was talking about came, is coming out. The the, the new oh, world gosh, has come out. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, though. That's what they said when they put it out. They said, this is just a special edition that we're putting out. And that's why I didn't make the switch. But as soon as I heard that they were going to make the other two, that's when I switched them up. Because I just think they look a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry, I wasn't listening to you at the end, but I was just looking at the board game prices or whatever yeah that's cool um i don't know i actually kind of like the traditional euro brown game look for that as well i actually haven't really played the golem edition uh just looked at i've kind of like walked by tables where it's been played but yeah it's a good game i like it yeah i just the the, the art and the color is a lot more vibrant on the the golem editions and i just like that yeah um I've been still playing online quite a bit lately, and lately I've been getting into actually some of um, games by mail or whatever, where you sign up for a game and you make one move per day. Uh, the reason I got into that is I was just looking at these games, Amy Itis is one of them, where I wanted to play the game and there was no one ever to want to play it real time, so I got into a game where we're not playing it real time. Um, so it's a very slow game very kind of interesting experience different i guess i don't know about the interesting but different because <laughs> it's very slow but uh, i've played quite a few games of seven wonders duel over the last couple of weeks with uh, some person that really wanted to play over and over uh, i think i've previously talked about it before but it's a really cool game i uh, it's actually one of my favorite drafting games i think uh two-player games are kind of confrontational sometimes and yes this one can be as well but i really like the uh way the game is designed because there's a pyramid of cards and you can see kind of half of them so there is kind of some actually push your luck a little bit because by taking a card you might reveal some of the cards are face down so you don't know what they are like a better card for your opponent and uh everything in the game the more i play it the more i see how everything is kind of a zero-sum calculation of sometimes you're looking at how much how many resources your opponent has and it's kind of like i'm gonna take this just because you can't afford something else and i know that you're gonna have to throw away a card basically for money and like those kind of decisions so the more i've played the more kind of i at first i was just kind of like well it doesn't matter that much <laughs> but uh the more you play the more you kind of see how to block certain things i guess you can say uh board game arena doesn't have the expansion which i also really like i've only played it a few times in real life uh so we're just playing the base game but uh really really cool game i think it's one of the uh, it was really popular when it came out like 2017 i think or something bruno catala i think is the des designer anyway really um cool game if you uh, are into drafting and two-player games i think it's definitely you should look at it or you play with two people frequently because there's a lot of uh, two-player games which are 
will work fine for two. This one is designed for two specifically with some things like the there's a tug of war track kind of and there's a few things that are directly connected with again like zero sum concepts like one of them is a tile where you get the money that your opponent spends to purchase resources and stuff like that which wouldn't really work well in a multiplayer game not really much take that actually which is why i like it well i don't mind it in two-player games but a really cool drafting game so that's uh, seven wonders duel yeah, I enjoy Seven Wonders Duel quite a bit. Uh, we should note that Christo actually doesn't really like Seven Wonders, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the weird thing is I think Seven Wonders, well, I don't know. I guess I should say maybe I played it with uh, with people that weren't really that much into gaming, perhaps, or something. But I feel like Seven Wonders, you're kind of hoping for certain cards to come to you. And I played with a lot of people. I think I played with like five or six, um, or maybe seven. Oh, seven wonders with seven. Um, I don't know how much how how high it goes. I think depending on which expansions you put in, the game can go higher. But it just feels a kind of less like you have less control. You see fewer cards. Uh, you it's not like you might see the hand that you're drafting from again. Uh, you might only see oh, that yeah, hand true. one time because there's just so many people drafting. So I feel like there's just kind of a lot more um, just kind of luck and less control. Uh, what I really like in Seven Wonders Duel in particular is you can see basically half the cards that are upcoming. Uh, so you, And there's kind of, well, in Seven Wonders it's the same. There's a few like lines of attack. One of them is science. The other one is military. The, other, the third one is just points. But the the tug of war kind of concepts and yeah, that uh, feeling of calculating things that specifically the other person doesn't have uh, is interesting to me so yeah kind of very different games in my yeah. opinion some yeah, people definitely. might think they're similar but i think they were very different um anton bowser is the designer of those games oh sorry. Um, I, yep yeah seven wonders is two to seven i don't know why you'd play that two player there's probably a variant but i would just play dual even though it's different uh to get that card drafting civilization feel i'd rather go dual too uh there is no consensus on uh what the best player count is on bgg <laughs> and it came out in 2010 <laughs> but it says best none <laughs> so maybe that's it's weird too well i think it's a mix of people i think that's probably because a lot of people who play it who are kind of newer to games and they don't really mind the kind of push your luck who knows what you're gonna get in the next hand kind of a feeling so they yeah. probably like the higher player cards. right and i'm guessing people who are like more serious into i want to see the same hand multiple times kind of uh decisions want fewer people to uh, play so that's probably why it's kind of very popular game as well so it's all over the place right right i've always liked it at three that seemed really good you see the cards multiple times yep. and also you're dueling with your neighbors which is the entire game if you're playing with with three so i like it that way <laughs> um yeah we did not plan this because we don't tell each other the games that we've played before the show um, but I played Truffle Shuffle. And why I'm saying we didn't plan this is because Truffle Shuffle is extremely close to Seven Wonders Duel. In the sense that it has the same pyramid of four cards face up, then five cards face down on top of it, and so forth, into a pyramid. But in this, this is way more watered down. 
and it's not just a two-player game it's two to four but i have my complaints about that i'll get to um your drafting card on uh, your drafting cards on your turn you have to draft a free card meaning there's no card single or otherwise on top of another card and you just take it and you put it in your hand um and then you can fulfill an order because uh you're i guess the theme of the game is you're selling like boxes of truffles and there's certain fulfillments that you need it's like poker hands is what you need to do like there's one of each color which is only worth like three points there's four of one color which is also just three points um and then there's like a small straight uh small straight flush and a large straight large straight flush a number set which is kind of weird because it's it kind of confused my wife because she's a she's used to be a poker player but you can you can discard one of a number one for one point two number twos but it says two times two three times three so she thought it was like literally three times three of a number three and was like that's a lot for a little points but it's whatever the number is that's how many cards need to be in the set basically and then you could do the number set flush which is the same thing but all the same suit and that's high points anyway you just get points for discarding them so on your turn you draft a card and then you can fulfill an order which is discarding those certain uh poker like hands and then getting points for it there's also cards in there that's uh that you can do special things like uh one is like an any number like it's just got a number symbol on it and it could be any number uh there's another card that color changes another card so you could play it with a set and color change you could number change you could discard a card and take two you could skip your turn and then on your next turn take three cards here's the thing though here's the thing that that bugged me about this game because unlike seven wonders duel where when you when a card that is upside that is face down gets cards like both cards come off of it it gets revealed right away right in this game they all stay face down and the bottom row which you're drafting from first is face down so you're just blindly picking up cards now you know the color of them but you don't know what the card is on the back side i really didn't like that at all yeah i was gonna say that's like that defeats the entire purpose of the actual design of the pyramid because that's why mm-hmm. it's cool yeah you reveal cards you don't want to reveal for the next player right yeah you're like <laughs> yeah. i don't know but i really need this card so we played it the regular way and then uh my wife was like that eh, it's okay and i was like you know what let's play it again but let's play seven wonders dual style so we you have to set it up reverse um because all the cards on the bottom row that you can take from first as i said are face down so that wouldn't work because they would all just reveal you know yeah so you have to set it up reverse so four cards face down and then the next cards face up and then we played it to where it would reveal once the cards were off of it and i liked it way better like it should have (laughs) been that's how it should have been designed and that's how i'm going to play like i don't house rule games often at all uh this one i immediately house ruled and immediately like i'm not going to play it any other way and playing it that way is actually pretty fun like it's not it's it's a it's really simple game um but it was but it's fun and um but i don't know if i would want to play with three or four players like i don't see 
I would just see that as not being able, it would make it less strategic, especially playing in the Seven Wonders Duel style. It feels like a two-player game. It feels like Seven Wonders Duel super light. That's what it feels like. <laughs> so I'll bring it sometime. It's really quick. Christo, we could try it together, see how you feel about it. But uh, I've, I feel like you would probably just want to play Seven Wonders Duel, but... Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah. it's I think it's fine for what it is. It's by the way, it's designed by the same people that did Point Salad, so those designers are kind of going in this direction of um, having like super simple, fun games because Point Salad was okay, you know. Yeah, Point Salad is basically kind of like the card reveal of Welcome Two. Actually, is what it reminds me of. I don't know. I can't remember actually how to play that at all. I just remember it was simple drafting kind of combo set collection game. Yeah, you take you take a, a point card or you take a vegetable card. You take the point card from top of the decks that are being revealed or you take a, a vegetable card from the cards revealed and then they get replaced with those point cards because on the back of them are points, like how to score yeah, points, yeah. and on the front of them are vegetables. Uh, I kind of have an instant negative reaction against those parody type games uh kind of like movies actually <laughs> so yeah they have to be really good for me to actually get past the jokes of uh point salad and the vegetables and stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if i can take it like seriously and they they came out with that line of games that didn't help it either like uh trader mechanic the yeah. trader mechanic game trick taking the trick deck taking building, game the deck yeah. building game where you build a deck in uh -huh. your backyard i bought that game <laughs> and i played it and uh immediately sold it it's bad. <laughs> it was bad. To me, it was bad. And I bought Trick Taking the Trick Taking game too and, and was like, nope. So yeah, but uh, um, this game, like Point Salad doesn't feel that that bad compared to those games. But I understand the uh, being wary of, of those types of games. It's a pretty bad name. Anyway, that was Truffle Shuffle. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the Goonies. <laughs> Um, so on Friday, we apparently had a full night of Alexander Fister games, uh, which I didn't even realize. I was looking up who designed these games that I'm going to talk about. And yeah, they're both Alexander Fister and we played Maracaibo as well, which is by him. But the, after Maracaibo, we wanted to play some lighter games and, um, yeah, um, the person I was playing with was pre uh, recently, kind of obsessed with uh, Alexander Pfister and just wanted to play basically all of his games just to see if he'd like them uh, because he's designed a lot of games we like, I guess. So we played a couple of really small games and the first one was Tibor the Builder or Tybor or whatever, how you, however you want to pronounce it, T-Y-B-O-R. A uh, very simple game of drafting and set collection. Uh, it has a... Splendor kind of element. Actually, I was. Let me see. I'm actually wondering if it's uh, designed before Splendor, which would be it very was interesting. Nope, it's after designed Splendor. 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's very reminiscent of, of Splendor. You basically draft these people, personages. Actually, it's multi-use cards. You, uh, the whole game is drafting multi-use cards. So you're constantly switching hands uh, in a two-player game between the two of you. But I'm guessing in a multiplayer game between. Uh, a lot of people and you can play them as several different things actually pretty yeah several different things uh 
well, actually, there's buildings in the middle, and you're drafting personages, and the personages can be played as workers or the thing that they do, I guess. So, for example, you might get a priest who you can play as a worker with certain like worker power or whatever, or above, um, kind of as a as a priest or so whatever or or something. Uh, if you play the Personages above, they give you discounts on specific building colors. So that's the splendor element is basically you're building this kind of engine of discounts. And eventually this engine of discounts turns into you making a lot of buildings kind of quickly and cheaply. But the question is, when should you actually start making buildings, kind of getting the timing right? And throughout the game, the buildings actually increase in value as well to kind of offset that cheapness uh, increase of uh, discounts so it's just set collection the rest of the game is pretty much set collection you have these kind of icons on buildings and they might you the classic there's the classic set collection things of get a set of certain colors get a set of increasing of numbers of the same icon uh, there was one where it's actually the priest that I was talking about the cross symbol um, it only scores once, so you should only have really one priest. Um, thematically, I guess you're building like a village or something. The funniest thing of the game was it had a campaign. Um, the campaign is just an absolute joke. The first story was like, Tibor, we need some buildings in our city. And uh, there's some kind of a condition. If you have more buildings than personages, you get five points at the end of the game. And our scores were like... 85 or something so five points is super inconsequential but the entire campaign it's a very small game just cards so the entire campaign 10 cards of <laughs> story i guess so to speak so just kind of a joke overall really small game really fast uh, pretty fun i think it's okay i don't really have anything against it it's just very straightforward simple set collection game with some kind of discount elements with colors kind of like splendor i like it actually a lot well a lot more than splendor but that doesn't say much because i don't really like um, <laughs> splendor so um, i think it's okay i uh, it doesn't yeah go ahead i never thought this was a standalone game uh i'm, I'm looking it up now and it says it's set in the world of longsdale which is the same world Oh My Goods is in. And I always yep. thought that it was an Oh My Goods expansion. And that's why I never <laughs> got it. Because um, if you look at the boxes, like like uh, comparatively, they look really similar. And I know why, because yep. they're in the same world and the same artist and the same designer. But that's why I always avoided it, because I was like, well, I haven't played Oh My Goods enough to get an expansion for it. But gosh, I need to, I need to get this. Uh, I don't know if you need to really get it. I think you should probably try it first, and it's very easy to teach. I think five or ten minutes of rules, and you can pretty much start going. Uh, that looks even more complicated than it is. It's a very simple game. And actually, speaking of All My Goods, that's actually the other game we played, so that's funny. Um, so All My Goods is actually kind of a different game. Uh, I've heard, I had heard that uh, people compare All My Goods to Race for the Galaxy, and I... Uh, don't think that is the case after I don't having think played so. it. Yeah. I can see some similarities, like the game ends when you play your eighth card, so kind of like Race for Galaxy is like when you play your... Actually, I can't remember. <laughs> I play it so much online, but online it kind of has the... Uh, 
spaces for buildings so you visually see them i think it might be eighth or tenth or something planet or whatever world or development or something card that you play in front of you so that's the similarity also there is a production consumption thing going on with cards very similar to race for the galaxy but that's kind of where the similarities end um, oh my goods is kind of a similar game because the multi-use cards again uh, cards can be used as goods they can be used as buildings and actually that's kind of it goods or buildings or actually if they're f face down they are the production of a specific building or whatever <clears throat> so the weirdness with all my goods is the game starts with like you have a hand of five or whatever but then you reveal uh, kind of, I guess, production in a way. You reveal resources is what you reveal. Um, and the reveal is pretty funny because there's a, some, there's a sun on each card, not on each card, on some percentage of the cards, and you reveal goods until you hit two suns. So you could reveal exactly two cards, which happens several times in our game, or you could reveal a long list of, like 10 cards until you hit the second sun uh so there's a pretty large amount of luck of how many resources are going to be showing and then based on those resources you make a decision of uh, what you're going to produce and you can produce like properly with all the resources which are required by a building or you can uh, produce inefficiently or whatever uh, which is one less than what's shown on the cards and then after you decide what you produce you reveal a second row exactly the same as the first row until you hit two suns and that's another list of resources so out of the entire list of resources there you hope that there's resources enough for you to actually produce whatever you said you were going to produce uh, so that's the push your luck is like we had situations where like well I hope that we draw whatever I need to be able to produce out of my building otherwise you just do nothing and actually in fairness somehow it worked out most of the time I only had one round I think out of like 10 or 11 ish of the game where I produced absolutely nothing because even with the reduced production we didn't draw the resource just like top deck out of the deck the resources that I need uh, because you can also fill in resources with your from your hand. And there's a chain production thing, basically, but the summary of the game is the biggest turnoff for me. And actually, it wasn't that bad. I thought I was really going to hate it, but it was turned out to be just like, okay, uh, is that randomness with resource reveal. Uh, I don't know why he thought that was a good idea, but basically, think of a game like... I don't know, like Lorenzo or something, but uh, you just top deck at the beginning of the round which resources are available. And then you actually make a decision and then you top deck some more. So you don't know which resources are available. So basically you're pushing your luck is what's happening. Um, so you're pushing your luck to see if you'll get something good. And the whole game is basically just build buildings as fast as possible. Again, very simple. Uh, if you build the eighth building, you play one more round of the game's over and you just total points, but that's about it. Uh, it's just all about just production, and there's a huge push-your-luck element, which is really kind of weird in this style of game where resource conversions and a lot of just kind of... Uh, game oriented on engine building and production really weird so actually both games are kind of very similar weight a little bit of a different vibe if you like uh, 
this kind of push your luck situation. I think all my goods you're going to be fine with. If you like drafting more, I think Tibor is probably better. But they're very similar in weight. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I've only played it a couple of times, but I enjoyed it. Um, Oh, you played all my goods as well? I didn't realize you played all my goods. uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I own it. Um, But so I heard that the old rules was when when somebody built their eighth building, it just stops. And and with the new rules, your production, your entire production runs one last time. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You can only run your, well, you play a full round and then actually at the end you do a full like chain consumption, whether or not the building ran. So to get rid of all your cards, pretty much which I didn't even realize there's an older version of the rules, but that kind of sounds bad because you can get left with a really good hand that could have paid off if you knew the game was ending, so a little bit kind of like a slap. So I can see why he made it that way. Yeah. Um, so did you enjoy these two games? Uh, I wouldn't buy them, to be honest, but if I were to buy one, I'd probably buy Tibor over all my goods but honestly I'll play them kind of (laughs) without too much enthusiasm that's kind (laughs) of how I feel about them I probably wouldn't own them that they're fine they're okay gotcha all right well that was some games that we played so up next is upcoming games Uh, as far as upcoming games go, we are about to play The Pursuit of Happiness tomorrow. There was a Kickstarter for The Pursuit of Happiness Big Box, which I did. Uh, it's mostly cosmetic. I think they have a small expansion coming. There's actually been a huge pile of different expansions for that game so i'm really kind of excited to finally get to play it to see what's worth getting because i don't think i have everything i actually have the base game somewhere for a while i just haven't unpacked it but uh we're gonna play brandon's copy tomorrow so i'm kind of excited about that to finally see what the game is i'm expecting it to be kind of medium weight just kind of fine game um so that's pursuit of happiness we'll probably talk about it next week i'm guessing or yeah i thought you played it already no no do you own no, it i watched playthroughs of it a long time ago but since then there have been like three or four expansions maybe on kickstarter and then the latest one was this big box thing where it's just a box to contain all the other boxes supposedly so yeah i don't know it was hard um, to find for a little while too i think it was huh. in between prints yeah uh, the other thing that I actually did, which was really weird, is uh, around Black Friday, I ordered a bunch of games, which always just seems to happen, and I needed kind of a filler for uh, a certain amount for free shipping, which is the trick how they get you to purchase more games from sites <laughs> in general. But I ended up ordering a game which I actually it's really crazy i don't know too much about i just saw that it's by the designer of hans totonica and actually it was right after hans totonica and it's called firenze so like florence but the italian i think uh, way of saying it so firenze yeah the game is so old that it has those 
they used to be popular. I haven't seen them that much recently. Uh, these little roofs that are stackable. <laughs> so that's just kind of uh, the impression that I got from looking at the components. Um, it has a very kind of just your usual Euro kind of a look. Uh, but the craziest thing about this is I actually did not even look at the gameplay. I just looked at a few reviews uh, and I needed the game to fill in my order. So I just ordered the game that I kind of don't know too much about. I really like the designer. So I hope uh, his, he has made some kind of questionable looking games. I actually looked at it uh, later, just a list of games he's designed. But I'm really hoping that this is actually a good game. And actually, it's a reprint. It used to be really hard to find. Now they made a 2020 reprint, I think, which is what I got. So I'm excited to actually maybe possibly kind of blindly play a game which was kind of expensive, actually, so I'm hoping it doesn't suck. So that's uh, Firenze. Looking forward to playing it when it arrives, which is actually, I think, tomorrow. But we'll probably play it later. All right, so I got a couple of upcoming games I want to talk about. The first one is called Swollen Bros. It's a worker placement game. <laughs> really? It's a worker placement game about working out in a gym. Different spots include getting protein shakes from the store, adding weights to your workout bench, and you'll have the option of taking steroids, but it's like a press your luck mechanic where you roll dice, and if you get certain emblems, then you could build weight faster. Otherwise, you get roid rage, and you have to lose points. Whoever reaches 300 pounds of lean muscle wins first. Is this a real game? I'm actually so, like... I was so dumbstruck about it that I uh, started looking for it and I can't find anything about it. I made it up. I'm sorry. It's okay. not real. Swollen bros. I wanted to see if I could trick you. Maybe I went too ridiculous, but... <laughs> no, that's like way too ridiculous because I actually see the ridiculous games on Kickstarter usually is when this this kind of game would come out and because of the title i would just look at it because i think it's just so funny sometimes <laughs> they do have novelty games like that sometimes on kickstarter yeah uh, like they had a game about like professional wrestling or something uh which was just ridiculous as well so i could i i was looking at like uh kickstarter if they hadn't published it on bgg yet or something <laughs> so i was like what the heck is this <laughs> yeah swollen bros um I'm calling you designers out. Uh, make me a game about weightlifting. I mean, my Gurutama is in that category. It's like a game about some freaking comic of like a jiggly butt egg or something. So like that sounds like a joke. Yeah, that's true. All right, all right. I have some serious ones. Um, Shot and Totten 2. Uh, Reiner Knizia, uh classic card game that was Battle Line. I think it was Battle Line first, then Shot and Totten, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is part two. Um, this time, one player is the attacker and one player is the defender. Uh, the attacker is trying to breach the walls of the defender. Uh, players will assemble their forces by playing cards and formations, uh, much like the original one where it's kind of like poker hands. But the locations hold different numbers of cards. So like one, one uh, piece of the wall might be two. It, it's two to four. So sometimes you're playing just two cards out. Sometimes you're playing four cards out. So that's a change to the original game because I think it was just three originally. Yeah, yeah, it was three. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
and the strongest formation in the location will claim that spot. Um, the defender has these three tokens. They're called boiling oil, and they can discard them to discard cards off of the attacker's part of the wall. And the cards come in 0 to 11 in five colors. And there's also the tactical cards that were in the original. So uh, I like Shot and Totten. I think it's a fun two-player game. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it before. He bets, he gambles with it, which sounded interesting. So I'm <laughs> interested in Shot and Totten Part 2. I guess all my games besides my fake one is Reiner Knizia games. Uh, the other one is Whale Riders. It's a new design by Reiner Knizia. It says it's, it has a classic feel to it. Well, it's Reiner Knizia, so I wouldn't expect anything otherwise it's a 45 minute game for two to six players it's a race to the end of this ice coast and back uh, you're buying and selling resources and you're making money needed to acquire the richest prizes um, you will skip opportunities to gain the greatest treasure or you can make money slowly along the way and then the player wins when or the game stops when like the last thing is bought so it's a racing game by Reiner Knizia, which I do like his deck building racing game. And so I'm interested in this one. And that's all the information I have on it. It's called Wild Riders. Supposedly coming out in 2021. Whale, Whale Riders. Riders. Whale, not and, Wild. Uh, actually, I talked about this game a while ago on Kickstarter. I need to look at what's happening with it, basically. Oh, did you but, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Did you, uh, did long you back time ago it? ago when it was on Kickstarter, like six months ago or something. So, yeah. Did you end up backing it? Uh, yeah, but um, I haven't checked my email about that one in particular for a while. So, anyway, uh, I'll have to see what's happening with it. Actually, my memory is becoming clear. I do remember you talking about this because I thought it was a cool theme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks really cool, actually. It looks kind of like a, a, just the regular Knizia, kind of lighter, but really well-designed game. So I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, you know, I was I was looking through like some of the websites for some uh, new releases. And man, I, I'm not seeing anything. I mean... We're getting to the end of the year, so maybe next year we'll have more, but in the next little while, I'm not seeing much that I'm interested in. So I had to start looking in 2021, which is not too far away, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I saw a bunch of games that I'm interested in that I'll talk about on yeah, next yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, 2020 is basically over, so it's like three weeks left. People are going to celebrate so hard until they realize that like time is irrelevant. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if yeah. 2020 ends. Well, technically, technically, the whole virus started in 2019. That is true. Spread until 2020, so just like really arbitrary. Who knows how long it's going to take actually, and if the vaccine's going to work. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is going to work. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. sounded crazy, but no. I like um, what I mean is like enough people are going to actually take it for it to matter. You know, because seventy like, percent. There's going to be a resistance there, yeah. so we'll see what the heck is going to happen. That's what I read. Is seventy percent of the population needs to take it in order to get herd immunity. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. We'll see that. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. People will start complaining about 2021. Ah, 2021. Anyway, that was some upcoming games. So up next is our top three relaxing games.
So Christo picked this title and I kind of struggled because I was I was like thinking about it and I was like, all right. It so, made you stressed. <laughs> yeah, it did. In a way, all board games are relaxing because I'm just sitting down and I'm not doing much movement. You know, it's not like playing racquetball. <laughs> but also in a way, no games are relaxing for me because I'm typically thinking very hard and sometimes stressed so my explanation of how i made my list is very simple these are games that don't stress me out uh yeah basically that's what i was going for obviously you're not working out when you're playing a board game so that's kind of funny that you thought about it that way but there are a lot of games in which there's a lot of kind of stress because of someone may be taking the stuff that you want or the games are really rough and there's a lot of take that or there's really high consequences of taking certain actions basically or they're too complicated like a lot of complicated a lot of brain burn so those are the things that kind of stress me out so i was just thinking kind of the same as you basically which games uh, maybe it comes down to a little bit of Maybe I don't care who wins as much because everything uh, doesn't depend on me. So kind of that kind of vibe. So yeah, that was kind of what I was going for. Spoiler alert. There's no real-time games on my list. <laughs> yeah, real-time is actually, that's basically stress like built <laughs> in into a box, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, that you're guaranteed some kind of stress with real-time games. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Number three. All right. My number three is Dice Forge. Dice Forge is relaxing to me because it's your turn is everybody's turn. You're constantly rolling dice. And what are you doing? It's well, it's, it's a worker placement game in a way because you go to these worker placement spots. However, they're not blocked once somebody goes to them. If I go to your spot, then you get to roll a dice. So basically, if I don't want you to roll a dice, I don't go to the spot you're at. Or I can try to like go to a spot and hope to get kicked out of it. But it's that's to me right there is less stressful because you can't go to a spot and completely block me. And I like that aspect of it. And you're you're forging dice, just like the name of the game. Uh, it's like a little, I'm reluctant to call it a Lego dice, but it's similar to that where you're putting faces on a dice and it's points and resources and you have your tableau which is um keeping track of these resources and 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 um and gold and when you roll dice on your turn you just collect the resources and then you go to a spot and you can get cards for these resources and the the way it's set up the way it looks it's you set it up out of the box and the box is actually part of the setup because where you get the little uh dice faces from is in the box itself really nice components and really nice insert and it's it's a simple game but it's really just fun to me and it actually does kind of feel relaxing my first play of it like i i was playing with casual gamers and everybody understood the rules and everybody had a good time and it didn't feel like i mean it's competitive but it but I didn't care if I won or won or lost because it was just like kind of luck of the die, but also some decisions can also make you do poorly in the game. But overall, I found it a very relaxing, 
situation every time I play it, and I quite enjoy this game, and it's Dice Forge. Yeah, I agree. That game, actually, I thought about as well as maybe possibly on my top three uh, really good game. If there's any stress, I actually think it's more like deck building, but not deck building, but dice building yeah, uh, yeah. game rather than worker placement because you're never blocked from anything. The only thing, source of stress in the game is rush for actually faces of the dice. Sometimes they run out and a rush for specific cards. Yeah. But I feel like what makes the game fun is you feel like you're always getting good stuff. So it, you're not like deprived of something so if someone runs out a card or a die face or something you'll just get another one and it's still good stuff so who knows maybe you're actually gonna win with it or something so yeah i agree really good game uh my number three is actually a little bit surprising because maybe people think this is a stressful game because of the take that but it's mission red planet the second edition i guess i should say there's a first edition really old um, I don't know if it's still even in print. I think it's a fantasy flight game. But uh, the Missionary Planet is a game where you are loading people in rockets and you send them to Mars. It's in a kind of a steampunk universe, so the rockets are not realistic. They're actually like metal. and They look like they were rockets as imagined in 1850 or something. Uh, or actually that's maybe too early, like 1900 or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the ridiculously old vision of what sci-fi was, <laughs> I, I guess. But uh, yeah, the game is really very take that um, kind of a game because you can mess with the rockets uh, with uh, in a lot of ways. There's a countdown of like nine, eight, seven, six, and uh, you all commit to a card. And when it's your turn, you play that card, which is usually load people on the rocket or mess with it or change the destination or just funny stuff like that. Um, and they are designed specifically so that the kind of loading a lot of people happens first and messing with the rockets happens later. <laughs> so there's usually a lot of funny moments of like, well, I loaded a bunch of people and the rocket exploded or they went to the wrong place <laughs> or something. But uh, the game is kind of really chaotic and that's why I kind of really kind of relax when I'm playing it. A lot of area controls are very kind of tight and just kind of like clutch and like, are you going to attack me here or not? And like, Rrr. but this one is just kind of, um, maybe I don't care where the people go and if they go to the place where I didn't want them to go then I just kind of play off of that and uh, the game kind of happens to you to some extent because of what the other people can do to you so if people gang up on you it's a bad time but overall I think it's just kind of fun to play for me for some reason um, I don't really like take that games too much but this game works just fine for me uh, usually the scores are not super fun so everyone kind of messes with each other equally about well hopefully it's just kind of a good time i don't know it's it's weird but um kind of relaxing because to some extent maybe i try to do the best move but what happens to me may not be up to me completely so mission red planet second edition i still need to play this game i've never played it before but wow. i've been interested in it just uh, haven't seen it hit the table that's weird. I've played it like two or three times, I think, at the, uh, where we play games, and 
yeah, that demolition. I, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Maybe you were always out when we were playing it. Yeah, I think so. Number two. All right, my number two is Boomerang by Scott Elms. It is a draft and write game. So basic drafting rules where you have a set of cards in your hand, you pick one and pass. And you do that until you have, uh, I don't know, I think five cards. Um, Anyway, the first card you draft, you put face down in front of you. And the next ones you put face up in front of you. And you're marking different territories that you've seen. You're marking... Um, like different animals you've seen and different activities that you've done. Basically, like the theme of it is you're exploring Australia. And the cards have multiple things on them and you choose the thing that you want it to be. Um, And your last card, now I can't remember this, I don't know exactly how it was, but I think it's it either has to be higher than your first card, it's called your throw, or it has to be lower than your throw. I think lower I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. basically, it depends on the first card you played, I think. Yeah. And then you would get cards for, or you get points for that last card if you completed your, if you caught the, you caught the boomerang. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, I wouldn't play this with less than four players because cards are taken out of it and you don't see cards, which means you're looking for that second pair of animals or whatever and it's just not in there. Um, so it, for me, it has to be played with four. But I found it relaxing because the theme, first of all, is like you're exploring Australia. I mean, it's hardly there, but it's a nice thought. And also, it's just a card drafting game. There's, um, there's, there's, I mean, there's player interaction to the point where you're obviously drafting cards. So you might hate draft. That could be a thing. Um, but also, you're trying to get to these cities within the, uh, are they territories in Australia? Yeah, yeah, their territories. Yeah. I think that's what they're called. So you're trying to get all the cities of one territory, then you get the higher points for it if and if you get it there first. And I just found this game to be that's really simple. It's not very brain burning whatsoever, and it's just a little kind of fun, little small, quick um, draft and write, which was is unique to the write system. Trying to think if there's any other draft and rights that I've seen. Probably, no. but uh, unique. Um, they're coming out with more. I think there was a Kickstarter for it, and it has just like other places. There's a USA one, and there's um, some other ones. So uh, I don't know if I'll pick it up. I feel like I'm fine with just this game because I don't play it very often. But when I do, I enjoy it. Europe and USA, that's what it has. So that's why it's my number two relaxing game, Boomerang. I was going to say welcome to us kind of drafting, but not really. No, it's not really because everyone can do the same thing. Flipping so, right. It's weird. Yeah. 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 Even cartographers isn't. Yeah, you're right. Maybe drafting and writing are, is actually very not common as I thought. Yeah. Uh, Boomerang is actually fine. I think it's actually coming on Board Game Arena. So maybe I'll like, get to play it there uh, since you don't get to play it we, we don't get to play it as much in real life i liked it okay uh, it can be stressful sometimes with things that you're hoping to get and someone takes them from you but that's all drafting games so yeah mm-hmm. oh 
Uh, yeah, I, my second game is Hadara. Um, Hadara is... I actually don't have that game, which is kind of unique. Most of the games that are in my top three I have. But I like it a lot. I just haven't bought it because I'm waiting for it to kind of go on clearance because no rush there. But uh, it's a very kind of maybe boring game for a lot of people i think a lot of people are just kind of like meh just another game of that kind uh basically the entire game is drafting and you are going up on tracks that's the entire game i feel like uh, it's a little bit less stressful than most drafting games because a lot of drafting games you kind of see a card and then you see another card in the same hand and you're kind of hoping that you get the second card in your hand uh, in the future uh, in Hadara I think a lot of the cards that you get you kind of go through different stacks of cards in a prescribed sequence so there's not as much like angst about am I going to get this particular card in this particular hand back to when the, the hand comes back to me uh, it's kind of on a central board and actually there's kind of a two-phase draft the first phase is kind of random ish uh you can you know the theme of the card that you're getting basically there's like military cards and like religious or production or whatever i can't remember exactly actually the theme is not very strong in that game which doesn't really help with people actually caring about it um, but you don't know exactly the card you're getting or the cost of it or whatever, which I think is fine because you can kind of plan for the theme of the card, but not specifically what it does necessarily. And then the second phase, there's a draft with stacks of face-up cards where if you have a good memory, I don't know if it really matters that much, you can try to remember what cards are specifically from somewhere, and there's kind of a draft where you have a little bit more control of what cards you're actually getting uh, i should say the first draft actually now and i remember you draw two cards and you keep one so there's no it's not completely lucky of like well that's what i got uh overall just very inoffensive game very um uh, like i say not super strongly themed it's supposed to be civilization building uh, with drafting, kind of like Seven Wonders. Actually, a lot of people say it's very similar to Seven Wonders, but to me, it's different because of that central drafting mechanism, which I think makes it actually lower stress and more interesting. Also, I really like the pushing up on tracks mechanics. Uh, a lot of people, there's some slight engine elements there as well. A lot of people don't really like pushing up on tracks types of games, but they're actually really kind of fun um, and that's one that's a little bit lighter. I always have kind of a good time with it. The scores are close. Uh, yeah, it's a really good time. Well, usually, I guess I should say, unless you let someone run away with a particular track um, in Hadara. But once everyone knows how to play the game, I think it's really fun. And um, usually, like in Dice Forge, you get something good. It's never like you're getting nothing. You may not get exactly what you want, but you're getting something good, and that kind of makes the game feel fun. So that's Hadara. Yeah, my experience of that game was was good. Um, it's funny that you said I kind of have fun with this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like super amazing, but this, this is a list of relaxing games. So right, right. It, it's not like, you know, like, Wah! or whatever. It's just like pleasant to play. That's, right. yeah, that's how no, I, I would describe you. it.
number one. All right, my number one feels less like a game and more like an activity. And I think that's why I put it as number one for most relaxing games. Because when I played this, it was at the end of the night and it was perfect for the end of the night because we had played some crunchy games and this was great to just kind of have fun with. And it's concept. In concept, it's a guessing game. You're trying to guess a word and a player is um, using a question mark through like the association of icons. So you're putting them on like different uh, icons like a liquid icon and you have other uh, little pieces that you're going to put down to mark different areas of the board and everybody's going to try to like kind of guess what that word is um, to me it was extremely relaxing I did not care who won I just wanted to know what the word was at the end of the round <laughs> you know like yeah you know and, and if I can guess it cool if I couldn't cool that's fine I just I'm interested in the um the fun part about the game was like when the person that was putting down the question mark and such, um, if like, you know, it took us a while to get to it, their explanation of why they pick certain icons for the word was like the most interesting to me. And, uh, and I just, I, it definitely a relaxing time for me and it's concept. And that's why it's my number one. Yeah. I really like concept. Uh, I think of that game as actually a, your like, doing a dictionary in a way you're designing a dictionary in a weird way because if you think of what the dictionary is it's the same thing you're uh, there's a word and you're trying to define it with other words actually of the same language which oh, yeah. is unique yeah. so it's exactly like looking up a word in the dictionary uh, with pictures. You're trying to describe it with concepts yeah pictionary <laughs> or something <laughs> i guess uh actually another game on which is on board game arena which is really weird because it doesn't really lend itself board game arena i think of it as this kind of hardcore count points place where everything's like i don't know kind of euro games kind of a place uh but they have uh concept with some really weird scoring that i actually the funny thing is i played the game two or three times now and i don't care about how the scoring even works i haven't even looked it up i think uh there's a set amount of rounds and they basically do the points like they recommend but that's a game where like i really don't care who wins yeah uh, exactly. it's just kind of a really fun time so yeah uh my number one is bunny kingdom and Bunny Kingdom is a drafting game. I guess drafting is actually pretty low stress activity. We have a yeah, lot of drafting games. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, because drafting, yeah, you. I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get, and there's nothing you could do about it, so why be yeah. stressed? Yeah. There are some games which I feel like are more annoying with drafting. Uh, actually, It's a Wonderful World kind of comes to mind because oh, yeah. in mm -hmm. that game, some yes, you get always good stuff when you draft, but in some games it really matters what's kind of left and what comes back to you to my point of, like, I hope I get this card when I see this hand again. Otherwise, bad stuff is going to happen to me because I set, my, set up my combo or engine or whatever to run with this card and if i don't get it back bad times so there's definitely varying kind of uh i guess varying degrees to which drafting games can be pain painful uh i mean technically worker placement is drafting but that's well because everyone can see everything i guess is very feels very 
cutthroaty and rough. But anyway, Bunny Kingdom is a game where you're drafting positions on mostly, actually, you're drafting all kinds of stuff, but the theme of it mostly is you're drafting positions on this grid of land of, on a map and you're trying to build a kingdom of bunnies that's why it's called bunny kingdom so every time you claim a position you put a bunny there sometimes you can put castles and stuff on it and there's some multiplication scoring that happens when you build your kingdoms uh the reason i say is you're drafting a lot of bunch of other stuff is because there's also cards which are just kind of oriented towards set collection there's also cards which are um gosh i forget there's a bunch of other just kind of effect type cards which are not shown on the board necessarily but they give you points as well so there's kind of an element of half the game is on the board half the game is off the board kind of a situation but uh that game i feel like uh yes you are hoping that certain cards come back to you and sometimes it really matters but I mean, if it really matters, that's the card you draft, I guess. Uh, usually, though, what happens is you kind of uh, everything you get kind of works out to, uh, in the games that I've played. Anyway, I've never felt like everything was completely destroyed by some card that just disappeared. Um, usually, you kind of piece together some kind of a scoring opportunity, or like I say, if it's really that crucial, you get the card <laughs> that you need out of the hand that you're holding. Uh, so yeah, kind of a pleasant game. This course can get up there. Sometimes it's a little bit because of some multiplication scoring things. It can have a runaway leader a little bit, but not too bad. Usually it's kind of close. So yeah, just a really kind of pleasant game, I think, uh, as far as drafting games go. So that's Bunny Kingdom. I need to play the expansion for this. I haven't played the expansion and I'm really interested. Same. This this actually almost ended up my, on my list as well, uh, for the same reasons you're talking about. I think the only thing that stresses me out about it is the scoring. It's really simple scoring, but you're counting these little tiny bunnies and you're counting all these little pillars, <laughs> and uh, you just have to like section out the board in your mind while you're counting. Make sure you don't count. Uh, you're counting resources too, so you're just making sure you don't double count or or jip uh, yourself on points. But it's it's not bad a- at all. But you know, if I had one yeah complaint, no, about I mean it, that's. To me, that's like not really part of. Uh, well, I mean, it's part of playing the game, but it's not part of like the game. Right. But yeah, it does have a kind of an annoying. Basically, you spend a lot of the time, especially on the fourth round when everything is huge, uh, doing these counting and multiplication because it's like a number of resources produced by the number of towers you have in the kingdom. So everyone's just like sitting there for ten minutes and counting towers and counting resources, which gets on some people's nerves. But I really don't mind. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It is a very small complaint, but uh, yeah, if I if I were to say anything about it, that would be it. Honorable mentions. I don't have any because this list was hard for me to make. But let's hear. I know you got some. <laughs> I was actually thinking about well another drafting game, Star Cartel. But yeah, that's just another game. Oh yeah, that um, works. Letter Jam. I kind of actually. Uh, went away from co-op games a little bit because uh-huh. I could have filled up the list with co-op games because I feel like they're kind of generally low worth stress, even though some co-op games because of arguments can feel <laughs> just, <laughs> just as stressful as not co-op games. Yeah, or if but, the game's wrecking you, but... 
<laughs> yeah, or the game's just like destroying you and yeah. you just feel bad about yourself. But Letter Jam is a game where, well, if the game is destroying you, then... It's a player. It's, it, it's your fellow players yeah. <laughs> destroying you, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But it's a co-op game, so there's that. Uh, I feel like trick-taking games generally are pretty low stress. Yeah. I play them to relax sometimes. Yeah. Hearts I've played to relax. I was thinking about Diamonds. Diamonds is kind of not a super strategic or thinky game like you definitely think about strategy with your hand but it's not like you're obsessing with it's pretty relaxing overall yeah i agree when i'm thinking of card games in general uh like cinematically i'm like picturing like people in a basement low light with cigars and whiskey and, and relaxing and just playing yeah so um i definitely agree with that and letter um, jam is a good one. I didn't think of letter jam, but yeah, that's a good one. You're you're in your head, and there's 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 uh there's some communication, but it's a very quiet table usually because you're you're deep in thought about uh, thinking about what words to pick and whatnot. But it it does feel quite relaxing. There's no yeah. time restriction, you know. There's yep, and and you you could just sit there and think and talk and yeah, that's a good one. And if you fail, I guess at least it's funny. Like, uh, oh, yeah. you see someone struggling with their word, and at the end, they come up with some nonsense, or they yeah. just can't come up with anything. I accidentally pull over my cards. I think I got it right, and it's spelled S H I T. And I was like, oh, it's exactly what I want to say right now. <laughs> but I spelled a word, so according to the rules, it's right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh also i stayed away from kind of a uh, like stacking or activity type games what i'm talking about is like clask is i feel like well it can be kind of stressful yeah. but it's also kind of relaxing in the way of crokinole kind of i would yeah, say croc- would be a better fit for relaxing maybe yeah yeah those kind of games but i kind of stayed away from that as well because yeah flick them up crokinole actually flick them up can be very stressful because the game is just like uh, again kind of uh, pretty tough to play sometimes because you have limited shots with Crokinole. It's like you just need to be better than your opponent, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, family games, Karuba, that kind of thing is a game I could have put on my list. Um, and also, I've mentioned previous couple of weeks, Tatsu or Backgammon, uh, because of the dice rolling, I play those games to relax mostly and I don't care. They can be frustrating, though, for me, because I just get angry when I roll something that just is just <laughs> doesn't work at all, and then my opponent rolls exactly what they need, and it's like, so yeah uh they can be relaxing to a degree i guess yeah (laughs) or maybe if you just don't care and you're just like okay whatever and that's it all right well that will be our show thanks for tuning in and we'll be with you in a couple of weeks we'd like to thank a couple people before we get out of here uh, kirsten adams for designing our logo you can find more of her art on instagram at cat coffee k-a-t-c-o-f-f-e-e and Lindsay Hobbs for composing the theme. Pod Cauldron is the network we're a part of. You want to check out some other great podcasts? We would suggest Rabble Rabble Rabble, which is a comedic look at current events, and Bub Club, which is a horror movie podcast. And there'll be more podcasts to come soon, so tune in for that. All right. Have a good weekend. <laughs>